providing you with the tools, knowledge, skills, and power to advance your career, grow your business, and build a better future for your community. We are the Tourism Academy. Welcome to Business Class. On this week's episode of Business Class from the Tourism Academy, Steve Ekstrom sits down to interview Vince Accardi, CEO of the Ontario Motor Coach Association. Vince talks about a mentor who's influenced his career, he describes the biggest challenges his members are facing today, and he explains why self-care is critical during a time of crisis. Let's get to the show. Here's your host, Steve Ekstrom. 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 Welcome to Business Class. I'm your host, Steve Ekstrom, where we get to talk with people who are making their living and making a difference in the tourism industry. Today joining me is Vince Accardi. Vince is the new, newer uh, CEO of the Ontario Motor Coach Association. Vince, welcome to Business Class. Well, thanks, Stephen. Um, new, uh, almost three months, uh, the president of the Ontario Motor Coach Association and uh, Motor Coach Canada. I'm glad to be here with you today. Oh, very nice. And um, how did you end up in association management? Well, I was fortunate enough to be one of those um, ski bums that ended up with a a job that actually got them uh, skiing. And I was working for an association in British Columbia on a major ski resort. Um, And it was my first time in the association world. But I tell you, it got me hooked. And that was, you know, that was 20 years ago now. And uh, I haven't left the association world since. Um, You know, just the fact that you could help out with help out your members and your businesses and their employees on so many fronts, um, you know, excites me. And, uh, you know, really, ter- really turned my interest uh, in uh, association management and, and eventually, like I am now, running, running these two associations. And I, I asked Pete Pantuso from the American Bus Association the same question. You, your role straddles two different industries. You know, obviously there's association management and then there's the industry that all of your members are in, you know, the members of Motor Coach Canada and Ontario Motor Coach Association. Um, how do you balance that? Well, balance for, I think, uh, for all associations with members in different categories or industries um, is always a bit of a challenge. Of course, our members, um, you know, we, we're part of the visitor economy, uh, but there are certain mem- there's some members of ours that are only on the motor coach side. And then there's others that are purely kind of on the tourism side. So you do get pulled and pushed uh, quite a bit, but I think the key to any association is a strong strategy and doing, doing and, and focusing resources on the elements that are going to benefit the most of your members. And that certainly through COVID times has been key is having that, those strategic imperatives, understanding where you're going to focus your resources and doing your best every single day for all of your members. So you got hooked working at a ski resort. What has, do you still ski? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And snowboard. Ah, and I, I would ask if you skate, but you're Canadian. So that's kind of a, an inherent trait. Yeah. <laughs> What's been your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Well, you know, I should 
I got to say, one of my favorite places in Canada is Newfoundland. Uh, if you haven't been to Newfoundland, you got to get to Newfoundland. Uh, the, some of the friendliest people, uh, some of the most incredible sites. And, uh, you know, certainly we have some operators that are taking uh, uh, motor coach tours in that region. And, uh, and, you know, certainly people can connect through our website if they're interested. But Newfoundland uh, is, is wonderful. I'm a big fan of water. So anytime I can be near the water in any province, territory or country, that's where I prefer to go. What's your, what's your earliest travel memory? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that uh, did a lot of uh, trips, car trips um, in Ontario and uh, certainly um, Northern Ontario, you know, fishing destinations, family picnics. I think that's what my earliest memory would be, you know, packing the car with the family, heading out to, uh, you know, Gravenhurst or Muskoka's or up there, uh, anywhere in the Northern Ontario, kind of uh, mid-Northern Ontario area. And, uh, you know, out fishing, spending the day outside. Um, those would be definitely my earliest memories. My great aunt used to babysit us during the days and it was, go play outside and don't come in until I tell you to. <laughs> and, you know, here I am decades later, wishing somebody would tell me to go outside and not come in because we rarely have that opportunity. And I know um, a lot of Canadians enjoy the time and value that time outdoors. So, you know, being able to enjoy that more during COVID, is that something you've been able to do? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, quite, like looking at some of the travel stats, um, certainly in Canada and specifically in Ontario, um, you know, people are getting outside and they're looking for those experiences that are still um, memorable and interesting, uh, but where they can be a little further away from, you know, the people that they might not know. And that's been hard on our, it's been hard on our urban centers. Um, and it hasn't been easy for anyone. No one's doing well through this, but certainly I think people are starting to connect with the outdoors, camping, um, hiking, biking, um, you know, getting out on the water. Uh, certainly that's something that our family believes in and we've been able to do. We're fortunate enough to be in the country almost every weekend and, uh, and we'll continue to do so um, with or without a pandemic. It's just something we love. I saw you glance over your shoulder. Is, is there somebody enjoying some outdoor recreation nearby? Well, I got to tell you, I get distracted by uh, a hummingbird feeder that's here. And sometimes those birds will come right to the window and kind of stare at me and say, who are you on the call with now? So that's, <laughs> that's what was going on there. <laughs> we have, um, I, I recorded an episode with my desk actually on my back patio. And there were birds foraging all over my lawn. And everybody else was paying attention to it except me. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I live in South Florida, so um, it's, it's Canada's southernmost province during the winter. That's true. It's true. <laughs> so um, who's had the biggest influence on your business philosophy? Uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of strong leaders um, and, and colleagues, um, but I think some of the people that uh, you know, one thing that I did early in my career is I, is I have a good friend. Um, he's a, he's a, a university professor just recently, uh, 
retired. Uh, and he's been, um, he's been kind of my, my mentor, um, not only a good friend, you know, but he's got life experience behind him. He's seen, seen a few things, but I would say uh, my mentor, uh, Mike, has been uh, a big influence. Um, he's, he's at arm length at everything I do. He just, you know, listens carefully and, and provides some guidance. And I think that's a, you know, a key aspect for uh, anyone in this business is to have someone else, uh, you know, that you can lean on and, and talk to and uh, understands some of the, the challenges that you go through. So working with mentors, we see a lot of traits in them that we aspire to. Um, what are maybe one or two traits that you identify Mike is having that you look to um, convey in your day-to-day? -day? Well, um, I'd say one of the, the, the biggest traits is, um, you know, being an active listener. I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it truly is an important uh, aspect. You know, we, uh, especially during challenging times that we're facing today, um, you know, our members are feeling pain in many different ways. Um, it could be, you know, financially, it could be personally, it could be through, you know, mental health, but often you're hearing these stories and, um, and it's important to really um, listen carefully and, and uh, provide guidance should they ask for that and uh, be there as someone that they can lean on um, and just ho hope that they, you know, provide, provide those, um, those windows of hope for people because we all need that right now as we are kind of coming out of uh, uh, COVID and we're not certain what business looks like as we move ahead. Um, but, you know, certainly I think uh, listening carefully is probably the, the best thing that anyone's ever taught me. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Uh, probably to continue, always to continue to be, to learn. Um, you know, we, we, we need to continually adapt. Change is the new normal. Um, if, if anyone gets stagnant or, you know, association gets stagnant, um, that's a challenge. And I think uh, we all need to be on our toes and ready to do the best we can for, for our association members. We need to change when change is needed and we need to actively look to do better every day. What's something you wish you knew at the start of your career? Wow, great question. Um, hey, I've been practicing them since the third grade. <laughs> um, I guess I wish I knew that, uh, you know, that things just don't always go as planned. <laughs> you know, I think when you start your career, you think, you know, you make the best plans, you bet you, you lay out the strategies, you execute and things are going to happen. And, you know, sometimes your best strategies are and your best execution and tactics uh, don't always work. But, um, you know, one thing I have learned from that is certainly that, uh, that those are opportunities to learn, there are opportunities to do better. Um, and, you know, the, the biggest failure I think that anyone can do, and, and I, I certainly live by it, is uh, not trying. If you, you know, if you don't try, you're not going to ever know if you can do it. So, um, you know, if you try and succeed, great. If you try and fail, there's lessons to be learned. And the next time you do something, you'll just do it better. Quick break to tell you about Group Travel Odyssey. Tour operators. 
Do you ever lack quality service and support from your IT provider? Are you tired of entering the same system information over and over? Well, now is your chance to be part of the GTO community. Group Travel Odyssey is software and service that helps you effortlessly manage your group travel marketing, sales, operations, suppliers, and accounting. Visit grouptraveladyssey.com to request a demo so you can personally experience our flexible software and service. Group Travel Odyssey, business without boundaries. Now back to business class with Steve Ekstrom. What stands out in your mind as something that you learned in the last year and a half, whether expected or not? Uh, I think one of the things that uh, this last year has taught me um, particularly is um, you know, we, we have become a bit of a society that, um, you know, there's a lot of things at our fingertips. We can get things done very quickly. And, uh, certainly this pandemic, um, you know, I think a lot of us left our offices in March, 2020 saying, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, you know, maybe not even taking the things that we needed to take to get uh, our work done. And, uh, so it's really taught me that sometimes it's out of our control and uh, it's not going to be immediate. Um, so that's been hard. I think it's been hard for so many people um, and uh, certainly been hard for me because, you know, we're trying to advocate for our members um, at Motor Coach, on, uh, Motor, Motor Coach Canada and the Ontario Motor Coach Association. And um, sometimes we're pushing the government for certain measures and uh, we can put all the best arguments in the world, but you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a virus, there's a variant, there's a changes in scenarios and this is totally out of our control. And um, it seems like sometimes no matter what we can do, we can only wait and, um, and, and uh, you know, do our best to, to, you know, to get past it. But, you know, that's the biggest thing is it's it not, you know, it, it can't, it, not everything's just going to come to us immediately. And uh, especially in cases like this, where it's a little bit out of our control, we, you know, sometimes patience is, uh, is the, is where we need to lean. What do you see as the top two or three issues facing your members today? You know, I wish I could tell you, I wish I could tell you that we were all back to business and things were great. Uh, that's not the case. Our biggest, um, I, I would say for the tourism industry and for our particular our members, it's still about business solvency. It's ensuring that they can get to a place where revenues are replacing uh, gov- government subsidies. Um, and uh, right now that path is, uh, is somewhat unclear because, uh, you know, we're just starting to open up. And uh, some of the restrictions that are in place are still uh, hampering businesses' ability to make those revenues. And uh, on the other side of the coin, um, some of the government subsidies that have been put in place are starting to wind down. So we've got this perfect storm of, you know, revenues not quite there and subsidies winding down and a real period of, of uncertainty of, of what business is going to look like. Uh, that's number one. Our second one, um, which you know, I hope someday very soon we'll hear news on, is reopening the U.S.-Canada border uh, to vaccinated travelers. Um, I think that's going to be important. That, that's certainly a big source of business for many of our members. 
and, and incredibly important to the visitor economy uh, both on both countries, to be quite frank. Um, so those are our, kind of our top two, but, uh, but business liquidity and getting money into the pockets of businesses just to get them through this is, is still our number one. What advice would you have for a business owner that is challenged with their own liquidity or, uh, you know, is, is dealing with that uncertainty? You know, it's the best, I, the best advice I can give people. And I know everyone's doing things very differently is, you know, there are some uh, subsidies in place that have been very helpful um, to businesses. And, and sometimes it's about the, you know, getting those applications in and applying, and there is a bit of a waiting period. Um, but uh, you know, I think they, I think uh, it's helpful for business owners to really take advantage of as many um, biz, like opportunities at the federal government level or at the provincial government level uh, that are uh, out there. Um, and then, you know, which you know, I'm sure everyone would rather be greeting guests and, you know, uh, taking a, a, a group on a tour than writing proposals and filling out applications. But that's, that's the reality we face right now. And I think, um, you know, there, there are some programs in the, out there that are helpful. It's just, um, you know, sometimes about putting the paperwork in and, and getting, getting them through. How do you recognize that your work is making a difference? Um, I think the best, like for, you know, from an advocacy, like from an advocacy point of view, you always want to see wins. You want to see the government, you know, reacting to some of the, the, the asks that you've put into government today. Today, we had an announcement from, uh, the, our transport minister about the cruise season and that affects Americans and Canadians. And, um, we, you know, they, they've announced that although it won't make any changes for 2021, um, but as of November 2021, uh, international boats are allowed to Canada again. And that gives some certainty for uh, business in 2022, which is important. So that's a win. And, you know, we were advocating. We worked with our partners. We, we had meetings with lots of MPs. We've had MPs sending letters in. Uh, we, had our, we actually worked with ABA and, um, and others just to put some pressure on the government to open borders and do other things. And I think it's important that uh, when those wins happen, that we do take a little bit of uh, time to recognize, you know, the effort that went into making those happen. And, and this today was a small win um, for, but a big win for many that are dependent on that industry in the motor coach, our members that are uh, motor coach operators that are dependent on crews. That's going to be a big win. Um, the question is, you know, it, will they have, will they have the, will they have enough resources to get them to 2022 when the boats arrive on our ports? Right. So, um, but you gotta take, you gotta take, you gotta take w what you get. And, um, and today was, uh, you know, one, one victory and one win. And that's what I, that's what I like to measure, you know, our, our, um, especially our advocacy against. Yeah. And what's something you're your constituents, your stakeholders never ask you, but you wish they did. I guess, you know, I think um, that's a really, really challenging question. Uh, sometimes, yes, sometimes it would be, 
like sometimes uh, it depends on the people. Like to be quite frank, our members are like our family. They're awesome. They've been really supportive of the association. Um, they've been great to ask how the team's doing, how I'm doing. Um, you know, so I think sometimes it's nice to, um, you know, take a minute and get to know the, the people behind the work. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of our members do that. And there's some that, you know, I wish, you know, we, we had a couple seconds at the beginning of a call to just chat about something other than the work. Um, but that's okay. They're, they've got businesses to run and, and, uh, and I get it. Um, but it's kind of nice to get, get to know the people behind, um, you know, behind the association, what makes them tick and, uh, you know, I certainly try to do that when I when I have a chance to talk to our members directly is just to get to know them and ask them how they're doing, because uh, certainly this past year has been difficult on businesses, but it's certainly been difficult on the people and uh, especially the owner operators. They're holding a lot on their shoulders. For those that don't ask, you'll get a copy of the podcast and a link <laughs> to the podcast so you can make Perfect. sure that uh, you share it with them. Um, what's... What's perhaps the greatest myth that OMCA and Motorcoach Canada are facing, greatest myths that they're facing um, that you would want to debunk? Um, I think, you know, for not only our association, so let's go, I would, I'm going to broaden that question. I think this is for a lot of associations, but um, a lot of associations when, um, when having, when have, they've had the opportunity to operate without um, crisis. Uh, you know, sure, we've had other health crises, but, um, you know, we've, we've really, a lot of associations have had the privilege to operate in, in some really good times when, you know, especially in our business where tourism was doing extremely well, like 2020, 2018 and 2019 were the best years ever for Canada. So, um, so that makes operating in crisis way different um so you know that's that um but but that's what we're doing now and i think that's important for i believe i try to i try to ensure and try to communicate with our members and let them know what we're doing um and that we're our voice is being heard because i really do believe it is now um but you know crisis management and advocacy and crisis is a lot different than advocacy in good times and and uh, but we're here now and we're making a difference and i just hope our members can see that and eventually feel that so what you're saying is the conversations in the office are not about the color of linens at the trade show it's not really about you know yeah. pushing the government and that sort of advocacy work absolutely yeah and you know um you know you you hit something quite interesting there maybe unintentionally but uh you know a lot of our associations were based on um, other revenue models, like membership's important, um, but it's, it's, uh, we would be very different if we didn't have things like a trade show or things like other revenue sources. And, um, so, you know, associations are hurting uh, just like businesses are, um, maybe not just like, but they're hurting. And, um, so we have this balance because we're, we're still, we still need our members and we, but we need our members to do well so that when, when they do get a membership invoice, they feel that they can pay that. And there's going to be some value to that membership. Um, but other revenue sources, like, 
like our, our conferences and meetings and things that our members depend on happening outside of the association world are not happening. And those are, you know, those are things that we're all looking forward to getting back to. Um, and uh, certainly for OMCA, I know that we're just, we're moving, well, we're well into our planning for our uh, marketplace for Ontario. And, um, and, you know, we're virtual again because it's business to business and we still have some restrictions and some distancing, um, but we're going to do things that we can do on the third day to get people in the room and, and near each other at least. Uh, but we don't, you know, that's, it's just a difficult place to be in right now when you're, uh, when you're uncertain to, uncertain of what the restrictions might look like. So one thing, and, and we're about to run over on time. Do you have a, a few more minutes? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've heard or that I've heard quite a bit is that businesses have had to innovate and, and they've used, you know, the word pivot has been used a lot, um, but innovating and coming up with new, whether it's revenue streams, product processes, um, what sort of new things or what sort of new initiatives have, have come from your organization over the last 18 months? Um, one of the, one interesting one, which is, is not from our organization, but we participate in, and that's um, uh, WTTC's um, uh, uh, safety and protocol program. I think it's um, a safe travel stamp. And it's going to be recognized, you know, across the globe. And we've encouraged our members to participate. And it provides some guidelines and, and eventually will provide, um, you know, a bit of a, a global brand recognition for travelers to understand that, you know, that they're, uh, the motor coach that they're traveling on or the group that they're with um, is following, you know, safe, uh, globally recognized uh, standard protocols, safety protocols. Um, I always say, you know, um, we were, we've just been told that it was unsafe, that travel was unsafe and travel has always been safe. It's been, you know, what, what this has done is really highlighted and put a, put a bit of a fine point um, highlighter on the safe, the cleaning protocols and the disinfecting protocols in the businesses. And I think that that will stay with us forever. Like it, it will never be, the, you know, our places that we go to visit are never going to be cleaner than they, they are now. And, um, and that, that will continue. So I think that's an interesting um, part of what's come out of this whole bit. Uh, this whole pandemic is the safety and, um, and uh, uh, the protocols put in place. And then programs like the safe travel stamp that will just uh, live on and people will expect to see. And I wrap up every interview with a card game. Okay. I don't know if you were warmed about this, but this, these are conversation cards. So I'm going to ask you to pick a number one through 10. Uh, number eight. Does everyone pick number eight? Seven and eight seem to be the two most popular. One, two. Okay. okay. What are you doing right now that your future self will thank you for? Um, I am taking time every day to go for a walk with my wife, to spend time with my kids. And I believe that really, um, self-care, 
uh, especially during a time of crisis is, is, uh, is the most important thing. Um, if we're not, if we're not um, caring for ourselves as association leaders, um, as part of the team, uh, we're not going to be any good to anyone. So I think my future self might thank me for that. Well, is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? Uh, no, I think you nailed it all, Stephen. Phew. Um, well, thank you, Vince, for joining me here in business class. I appreciate you. I appreciate the organization. Um, I've been involved with you guys for quite some time. So uh, it's, it's great to talk to you and welcome you to OMCA Motor Coach Canada. Perfect. And, you know, when the borders open up, I hope all your listeners uh, give our members a call and book something and come and visit Ontario and the rest of Canada. We're ready to have you guys here as soon as we have those border restrictions open. And we'll see some of those Ontario plates down here in South Florida too. So I'm sure it, you will. It, yeah. It's a two way, it's a two way highway. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me in business class. Thanks a lot. Take a course, train your people, teach what you love, promote your products. Donate today at tourismacademy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The Business Class Podcast is produced by Stephen Gross and powered by Group Travel Odyssey. Group Travel Odyssey consolidates human resources, marketing, sales, tour operations, tour accounting, supplier management, and on-the-road management in one convenient, easy-to-use package. Improve your team's efficiency with continuously updated supplier information and pricing right at your fingertips. Group Travel Odyssey. Business without boundaries.